we interrupt this broadcast uh, for a special segment with Sean Spicer, my colleague at uh, Newsmax. <laughs> That's funny. That's quite the introduction there. Uh, yeah, how about that? Cameo. Breaking Good. breaking news. Yep, that's right. That's right. You know, Sean, I was thinking about your book that is absolutely wonderful. And oh, thank it, you. It really catalogs what this administration is trying to do to us. And the most important thing in it is the one-house bills that are passed, that we know that if we give them the second house, uh, all of this is going to go through right away. And uh, it's a dystopian picture. It's kind of a nonfiction version of Anne Rand's book. <laughs> I, I, you know what? The funny thing is, I've never thought about that. But that's why you, you you're you're good at so good at what you do. But I, you're, you're absolutely right. I, that was good. The funny thing is, it's been a, it's been a while since I've read that. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, and, and just for your for your audience, because you've been very kind with your with your support and praise for it, but it's called Radical Nation. It's out now. And, and you're right. The whole idea is to give people an understanding. I like to say, like Dick, I like to say it's the big why. Like, in other words, all of these things that they're doing, I think, and I argue, are tied together. I think that, like, what the mistake that we make sometimes, and it's not that we make it, it's that the media, and I write two chapters on the book there, are so complicit in promoting these guys. Um but the, the reality is is that it's not a bunch of – a series of one-offs. Like, oh, we're just going to pass this one yeah. uh, spending bill and we're going to do this. It really is all tied together to what I call – the you know, that's why I call the book Radical Nation. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think that like Biden gets it from the standpoint of you know, you were the king of triangulation for a point, which is, hey, how do you tell a president? Let's course correct. Let's make sure that we stem our losses. Let's message to, to acknowledge – that we where we want to be politically this president i think knew exactly what you had done historically and said screw it i need to make sure that i cement a legacy like clinton and obama and and all i'm not sure no matter where they i'm not sure he did that i just think he's a he's an idiot who is led around by the nose by the but i i think i i know but but i see here's the thing I think that he knows he can't have a legislative accomplishment. So it's a bunch of like, I appointed the first woman. I appointed right, the first right, guy, you know, right. LGBT. Mm. So it's these, all these other people understood legacy from the standpoint of accomplishment. Right. If I get this done, I mean, Clinton understood if I get more people off welfare, if I can do this, yeah. Bush understood. I mean, they got, if you accomplish something great or big, you will be known for that. What Biden gets is if I appoint the first woman of color, if I appoint the first yeah. uh, LBGTQ person to lead a department, and for all mm. your listeners, I know that Rick Grinnell was the first to be in a cabinet, but he didn't lead a department. And that's where. But how, these guys look at those as accomplishments, how, not as how does, how does the as, accomplishment of double-digit right. inflation strike. Yeah, this one. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I just want to introduce Sean. There might be some people that don't know who he is. Sean Spicer was Donald Trump's press secretary and uh, an integral in really building up this administration. And during the period when they were tarring and feathering Donald Trump <laughs> with this nonsense about the Russia scandal and the Russia collusion scandal, the guy who stood at the bow of the ship as it plowed through the ice of these fabrications, it's an icebreaker with Sean Spicer. He was great. By the way, you it, know, guys, can I just say one thing? I, I, and I don't know about either one of you personally how you how you look at this, but 
I always was asked when I left the White House, do you have any regrets? Do you have any blah, blah, blah? And I would always say to people, I'm not the kind of guy that has a ton of regrets. I, do, I, I think you improve. You make yourself better by watching things happen and saying, okay, how do I grow from that experience? How do I learn from it? But I don't regret things. I grow from them. But the, the, the point that you just brought up, Dick, I, for the last week I've had a hard time not – regretting how the press handled the Steele dossier. And I think about it in the context of what you just said, which is that if it hadn't been had it as it was, if they hadn't made a hoax up the way they did, if they hadn't perpetuated, what could have happened? If I hadn't stood at that podium every day and heard about Russia this, Russia that, what would have happened? Yeah. And, and I'm trying not to what do we, it. What we could have, have gotten to, done. I, that's right. Mm. If we right, hadn't exactly. weakened the president. Fortunately, weakening Donald Trump is a uh, no-win proposition, right. but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I write about it in the book because on January 10th, I was the one who took the phone call from CNN, then BuzzFeed, that they had this unverified document that they were talking about. And it's funny, at the time, I had a security clearance. I had been in the room on January 5th with President Trump when he had gotten the briefing uh, from the intelligence chief. So I sat there and I... When Jake Tapper from CNN called and said, hey, we know we got handed this two-page dossier, blah, blah, blah. I said, that's not true. I was there in the room. The dossier wasn't done. Uh, and Tapper said, well, we're going with it anyway. And I yeah. told him, and the funny part about this is Clapper and Comey have both backed up my version of this. But the, uh, the irony of this is that we proved it wrong from the outset, um, several things that were – Well, that Sean, were you, and I, the, you and I had a discussion uh, at Newsmax where I suggested to you that you spearhead a campaign to take the Pulitzer Prizes away yes. from these reporters that and you're, reported you know what, news you, that you was totally the, inaccurate. You, and, and you gave me the perfect analogy, and 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 because this is what Dick Morris does. He understands how to message things in a very concise, common-sense way. And he said to me, and what Dick said to me at the time was, he goes, if an athlete doped or cheated, they would strip the medals away. So why aren't we doing that? And it's so brilliant because it's true. Why yeah. are we not – why are these organizations – if Sally Busby, the editor of The Washington Post, can go back and edit all of these stories and, quote, update, which is journalists speak for we screwed up but we can't use the word screw up, right. then why are they not taking back the awards that they were issued yeah. for, quote, their relentless and tireless yeah, reporting? Absolutely. And then there were lots of Pulitzer's awards. And we have to understand the goal of the media is not so much to control the politics of the country as to win personal awards and accolades that build yep. their own career and their own egos and their own cachet at cocktail parties. And uh, exactly. this is this should be taken away from them. Well, this is an incredible book, uh, Sean. And uh, for those of you who have not read Atlas Shrugged, it's about what happens when the socialists completely take over a country. And you see piece by piece how incentives to produce are taken away. And you see things that, you know, couldn't happen in real life, like we cancel pipelines, we cancel out oil drilling offshore, uh, we don't allow fracking, and as a result, we don't have any oil, and as a result, we have to go begging other countries for oil, and we can't produce enough products, and we have supply chain bottlenecks. You know, stuff that could never happen here oh, yeah, never. is explained in uh, Atlas Shrugged, and Sean Spicer explains how it's actually happening here. 
So get a copy of Radical Nation. It's it's it really should be on sale with, with fortune tellers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the lady says, "Come upstairs and I'll read your palm or I'll read your tarot cards." She should have a stack of Sean's books there so that <laughs> you can buy them and get current full service uh, future telling. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for coming on. You bet. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.